0: Welcome to the Jamodi Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders, so let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamodi, just a matter of doing it. Coaches, the Jamodi Podcast is powered by Bology. Manage and measure your players' skill development and increase accountability year-round utilizing the Bology app boost inter-squad competition with drills backed by the National High School Basketball Coaches Association, including a 40-shot Bology skills assessment. Please visit Bology.com slash teams for information on how you can provide this resource for your team. I think it's uh, interesting to start out with this question of handling defeat because uh, all coaches have to, and I think a lot of players. Uh, don't realize sometimes that we are just as competitive as they are, if not more, and want to win just as bad. But something I struggled with as a younger coach is handling defeat the correct way. So how do you handle it with your players?
1: Well, it, it's it's kind of ironic, but it's the absolute first thing that we ever talk about is how to lose. Um, and I so I got to be a head coach at a very young age at Iowa Western junior college. And, and I gave the most impassionate speech about drugs. And, but, but I also recruited somebody out of Chicago who I knew had a drug habit Mm. and uh, brought him in. And, you know, we, we talked beforehand. He said, there's so many bad influences in Chicago. I just want to get away. And we were a little farming community in, in Iowa. And uh, I said, well, this is perfect for you. Well, I give my great drug speech and again, that should do it. Like I, I've got a master's in counseling, my undergraduate degree's in psychology, and I gave you the greatest speech of all time on why not to do drugs and to change your life. Yeah, check. <laughs> and then uh, sure enough, a few weeks into junior mm. college, I kind of know he's doing it and we test him, and, and I said, I don't want to give up the, Kid's name, but I said, well, "What's sure. going on?" You told me that there's all these bad influences. You're you're in the middle of Iowa in a cornfield, and you still want to do the drugs. And he said, "There's nothing to do here. What else am I supposed to do?" I said, "You just want to do drugs," and so I'm thinking I'm a failure as a coach, uh, and it's it, something's very. It's just part of life, and I wasn't. My speech wasn't bad. Uh, he wasn't bad. The, the, those are tough things to handle, uh, but but I think as a younger coach, you you think that with everything, every impassioned speech and thing that you've done, you, it, things should be fixed immediately, and it just doesn't work that way. Hmm. Uh, you know, you don't get to maturity by snapping your fingers. You don't get to maturity by reading a book. You get maturity, unfortunately, by going through some tough stuff, uh, and you know hopefully we can skip some of the tough stuff by looking at somebody else's failures somebody else's mistakes and we can grow from reading we can grow by watching we can grow by those things but sometimes there are certain things we have to go through that are tough and uh you know there's a verse in the bible it's James 1 you know in terms of consider it pure joy you know for those tough times that come because that's what creates maturity and so I would rather not do those things. I would rather not go through those things, but sometimes you have to go through them to get maturity because if you don't, and if uh, as a coach or as a parent, you just try to like snowplow all the problems away, actually what we're creating is immaturity. Hmm. So then you're in a position of, is that what we're trying to do is create immature people to go out in the world? And I I don't think so. But anyway. I know that's kind of a rambling long story.
0: No, it's reason. good.
1: But, uh, when, when you coach as many different levels that I have, and I feel very fortunate to be able to go junior college, uh, division two, division three, division one, you get a lot of different and then actually women yeah. for one year. Uh, but you get a lot of different experiences to pull from. And, um, uh, it's uh, the the high the like so the Division three uh, Army West Point these are high achievers these are people that have uh, a foundation around them that expect high things so they they actually have more anxiety and so you have to deal with the anxiety sometimes at the lower levels of, of junior college, and they don't quite have the foundation, you know, they may not have the same degree of caring and there's a different set of problems, but human nature is human nature. And when when you're dealing with these things, you're going to lose, you're going to lose a possession. And, and so in junior college, they lose a possession and, and, you know, it's somebody else's fault. Uh, A lot of, um, Anger issues would come out early and you'd have to try to deal with that. Um, And then division three or high achiever things that we, that I've coached before, it's more about, uh, they put so much pressure on themselves and they're beating themselves up. And uh, so dealing with losing really matters in, in, in my background, I have a little bit of a background in tennis I played at the University of Tennessee, and tennis is a funny sport because you lose a lot of points and you can win a match. Wow! Yeah. And you have to understand
0: percentages, and you have to let things go pretty quick. I would imagine too, right?
1: No, no doubt. And and it might have been the greatest training to become a basketball coach was to coach tennis and and play a little bit of tennis to understand uh, what what you may have to do to to win the bigger game. Mm-hmm. Uh, So that became a big focal point in how to lose. And I'm I'm like you. uh, I have to protect myself from these losses, you know, like what we're going to do after a loss, um, you know, how we're going to watch film. And and so I protect myself and I know exactly what we're going to do because it's going to be the same way that we're going to do for any other practice or a win. It's going to be instructional defense. It's going to be positive defense. It's going to be instructional offense and then positive offense. And it's going to be about the same number of clips. And and I put that in there for a reason because I know I'm emotional. I want to win as much as anybody else. And I don't trust my feelings. And so, like, I needed a little bit of uh, of parameters to, to help protect myself so that I didn't go off the wall because what happens is you end up losing not just that one game, you lose multiple games because you couldn't see things clearly. I know I can't see things clearly, so I needed a couple things in place uh to try to help. And so before the season starts, we talk we address our team about how to lose correctly mm. and and how we can gain wisdom from losses and the biggest thing is is being grateful, uh, and everybody says, and, I, and myself too, it was like, I am grateful for my health, I'm grateful for my family, I'm grateful for my wife, I'm like, you're grateful for those positive things, but it's really hard to say that I'm grateful for losing, I'm grateful for this team showing me that I was inadequate in preparing our team mm. to defend this screen. Uh, and, and sometimes I have to fake it and I tell them the same thing is like, we, we need to give thanks to that team for showing us what we can't do so that we can learn how to do it. Hmm. And so we can't blame the referees, you know, we can't blame, you know, whatever. And, then, and again, there's a time for grieving and being a baby, but at some point you've got to accept the reality so that you can move forward and gain that wisdom. And it's hard. But the, but the faster we can get to it and the faster that we can understand that losing is a part of maturing, the, the, the more growth we can have. And it's not a bad thing. Yeah. And sometimes you can do everything right. Uh, you can play the perfect possession. And, and that ball got swung to the shooter. And I want that shooter to be able to shoot it. And I want him thinking, I took a championship shot and I can live with the consequences. And so that's kind of the art of coaching, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and it's, it's not easy, but you got to somehow take the weight off of those guys so that they know that that's how we're going to win and that's how we're going to lose and we're going to love you either way because you did the right thing.
0: Coach, thank you so much for sharing that story at the beginning. Um, I think all coaches feel that pressure to want to protect – to, to want to say the right thing uh, to save our players from pain from from future mistakes, but then you're right on the money when they make those mistakes, uh, we, we we tend to blame ourselves and like uh, but I already said that. I fixed that problem. you should what are you, why are you failing there? but but to your point, and I think that's where I, myself and a lot of coaches, maybe we can oh, just breathe out a little bit. Keep. it's not that we don't need to have that speech because the speech is still necessary. Got to say it because at some point, you know, we're planting those seeds that hopefully come uh, that come out later on, but when they do fail and when they do mess up and do the exact thing that we said not to do, don't freak out. It's a part of it. They have to go through that.
1: Yeah. And, and there's a term that, that the older I've, I've gotten and it happened quick too. But uh, be relentlessly patient. Um, and, and because patience seems soft, and, and no coach wants to be soft, and you don't want your team to be perceived as soft. But sometimes you just have to have a relentless patience uh, towards that goal of maturity, of growing, of growth. And, uh, and if you're flying off the, the handle, over everything uh, if everything is so important then nothing really
0: is yeah if and, you're relentlessly unstable that's <laughs> gonna be hard to, <laughs> great, hard to play for that person
1: no doubt and and so uh it, it's been so much fun having my daughter go into coaching mm. uh, even though my wife tried to have her not do it is there anything <laughs> else you might want to do uh, but Uh, it's like I'm starting over again and I'm helping her. And we're talking every night about her team Mm -hmm. and about her philosophy and different things. And sometimes you forget the longer you're in it, uh, like why you believe in what you believe. And so to have somebody so young asking you those questions, I mean, it really brings you back to reality and, and grounds you a little bit. But the one thing that we constantly talk about is, uh, is like, what do you believe in? offensively defensively and it can't and to me it can't be 17 pillars of something i can't remember so uh, i just spent i just spent a week with her not too long ago in dc and and we're watching film we're doing all kinds of things and, and we had napkins all over the place and um salt and pepper shakers <laughs> And and, and I said, here here's here's what I believe in on offense. Here's four things, and here's what I believe on defense. Four things. And I think it's really important to get it down to a small number. And I said, these are the things that I'll raise my voice at. Mm. I said, everything else needs to be a whisper. Yeah. Uh, because there there's got to be an order of teaching. Um. So if you know, hand on the ball, no straight line drives defensively. If, if that's on my defensive napkin, which it is, then that's the first thing I need to address when there's a straight line drive. I can't talk about the weak side help at the same uh, veracity of that straight line drive. Now I can mention it, but I want to, I want to address what I have on that napkin first. And so it, it, Again, instead of playing whack a mole, you yeah. know what you believe in. If somebody came into our practices, we'd hope like they'd walk away saying like he really believes in uh, throwing strikes on offense, uh, the f- how they start on offense, the footwork part, and so it, it takes a long time to as in in as a coach to figure out what's really important to you, and, and it's uh, and. And, and you got to go through, you got to get some scars Yeah, to get beat really bad and you have to be humiliated and you'll figure it out. There's, there's communicated knowledge when you're young and, uh, a Dean Smith clinic or book or John Wooden and, you know, as good as they've ever been, um, you know, that's communicated knowledge. And then there's revealed knowledge hmm. to you in your league, who you're coaching that, uh, you know what, I'm not going to have my four man ever inbound the ball because Dave Davis, who coached at Pfeiffer and now is at VMI, is one of the all-time great pressing coaches I've ever seen. And he taught me that my power forward shouldn't inbound the ball because he trapped the guard and threw it back to him. And my power forward, who was an all-conference type player, had eight turnovers throwing it into the stands. And so his strength was, at the other end, being a power forward, it wasn't being a guard, eighty feet from the basket. Hmm. So, so revealed knowledge by Dave. Yeah. Again, that was a painful loss for me. That that's it's, it's a scar that stuck with me. But at the same time, I said, you know, Dave, thank you for teaching yeah. you that. I'll never do that again. And so I'll may I'll probably never face another press that he had like that. I'm at, but if I do, I'm ready for it.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, me. yeah, it goes back to what you said before about gratitude after lossing. I think as coaches, we have to not just, we, we don't just want our players to believe that so they can get past it and learn from it. But we have to have our eyes open to it. Cause like, you know, lesson learned right, right there with that guy inbounding it. And you were better because of that competition, which is why we play. Games, especially early on before our district or our leagues start, is to learn valuable lessons like that. So much to unpack there. I do want to go back to one thing that you said about watching film that I really, I really thought was helpful, which is win or loss, those film sessions shouldn't be different. I I just immediately transported myself back to as a player after a loss, walking into film with this dread, this fear of what is going to happen in here today? You know, we got our tail kicked. This could be ugly. It's pressure that it's it's unnecessary. And I don't know how you feel, but not many players are intentionally trying to lose. So <laughs> you go into it with an, a mindset of win or, lo- win or lose. Uh, here are the three things, uh, offensively, defensively. I love that mindset right there.
1: Well, I don't trust my feelings. Um... And and I don't want to be Spock from Star Trek, like I I like I, I want to be passionate about things, but I just don't trust them. And so like I, and and that's why I said I want to protect me. And and there's some situations where we want to protect our players while they're trying to acquire skills, but but uh, you know I want that film room to be a teaching room. Yeah, and I actually. I actually want everybody that would play for us to have to know how to coach. Whether they choose to coach or not, uh, that's up to them. But I, I I do think one of my jobs is to teach them how to coach. And and I always felt like you're going to have to coach in some situation, whether it be your family, and you're you're going to have to be able to coach your family in some things. Uh, whether it's in business and you're going to have to present and you're going to have to be able to coach that team and and that's probably the proudest thing that 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 I've done in coaching is that I felt like everybody that had gone through our program knew how to coach mm. but during that film session I'm not huge into like a lot of individual meetings and and there obviously there are some topics that need to be like private but I, but I wanted everybody to know like what joe was struggling with in basketball because if i'm the only coach out there and the assistants are the only coaches out there worried about this or trying to help him with this i don't think we're going to be very good but if we can create a culture of we're all we're all missing together and if i'm in line with him and i i can't you know as a coaches don't see it i can help him and we get used to saying that. So as we're making corrections, and it's hard. Yeah. And, and as a as adults up there, and, and they are, I don't want to say tearing apart your game, but they're saying, like, this is instructional offense part, and this is not acceptable. Like, this is not how we play. And at first, it feels like an assault on the identity, but it's really not. It's more... I want everybody in this room to hear it so that you can help him do that. And so I have a midlife crisis. I take that Mississippi state job as a uh, associate head coach and two weeks in or three, I don't know what it is, but all of a sudden, like I'm coaching women in the sec. And I remember the first time I screamed at this girl about her footwork and she just froze and she gave me the biggest eyes and she just like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, she almost started crying. I said, I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at your feet. And she stared at me and said, like, no, I'm really confused.
0: Yeah. And then she started
1: <laughs> laughing. I said, it's not personal. It's like, if you do this, you, everything's going to be fine. And, but the, you know, that's, that's just part of it. And again, that was something that was on our napkin. I'm not yelling about everything. That's something that will raise the voice and, and draw some attention. And then, so hopefully, you can get those people next to them to to jump in there. And then they get into this coaching part of it. And uh, you're an active participant in the, on all of it. You know, it's not just the captains doing the work. It's not just the coaches doing the work. But you know, we're trying to create this culture of 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 playing to a standard of teaching to a standard, but you gotta know what it is, yeah, yeah, and so it's got to be clear, it's gotta be small, and then once everybody understands that they might have a voice in this thing that they can participate if they're not a captain, if they're not a senior, if they're not a junior, like no, you have enough knowledge, and if you don't have enough knowledge, probably stay quiet until you you understand a little bit, and then you gotta follow a little bit, and you gotta lead a little bit, but I don't know, that's, this this West Point thing has been interesting watching the, you know, because now I'm at a place that's in total of align, alignment. Yeah. Like, we're getting guys that are learning how to follow, they're learning how to lead, uh, they're doing it all at the same time. Uh, you know, again, you know, what a great job I have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Coach, I love that, that the idea of, as coaches, we need to have clarity ourselves with what are our offensive of concepts that we really want them to know and understand. Because even though there's 80 tiny little things, there needs to be a few that we really hang our hat on. And the guys can repeat like that. A uh, basketball IQ is what you're talking about. One thing, have you heard of PGC before, Point Guard College? Yes. So I had the pleasure of directing for them. And one thing that they helped me realize is how much I was confusing the crap out of my players by saying 18 to 20 different things uh, you know, within a practice. And so we have a game that we play uh, where they had to offensively know three concepts against man-to-man, three concepts against a one three one, three 3 concepts against a 2-3. They had to say it. And, and we, I was teaching them the PGC concepts, but it made me think, if I ask my players right now, what are our three or four concepts against a man-to-man? What are we trying to do? What are we trying to achieve? I think, I mean, I had a list of 15 to 20. So like you said, what's on your napkin, hold them accountable to those things that you've discussed. And I love that coach. That that was huge. So, so we, it's not like we don't run set
1: plays. We're more of a concept team, but we were on set plays, but it's those concepts that we care about more than anything else, their their footwork, throwing strikes, how we start, how we stop. and so if if that truly is what, what's on the napkin, can I go crazy about an execution of a set? Uh, no, that's got to be a whisper. Hmm. Now, does it drive me crazy? Absolutely, because we we could have gotten a naked score, a catch and score, and, and everybody in the stands thinks you can really coach. But but the most important thing is we're watching film, the big picture, and we're going through this right now. And we just finished practice, so I'm probably a little bit scattered because I'm thinking about what just happened. Uh, but the big picture is that you played through it. So that that spacing was – the only people that would have known that wasn't a perfect possession, uh, uh, The the fans would have never known it. The coaches would have because we have the clicker and we could go slow motion. You should have done this, you should have done yeah. that.
0: Two feet but, to your right. Yeah. Like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
1: but at the same time is like if I'm if you're stopping them, and again, an error that I made early on, you you were stopping for things that weren't they're they 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 are important, but they're not that important. You can still play a possession. You yeah. can still fix it. You can still and we ended up getting a great shot. You played through a mistake and good grief. Like, isn't that life?
0: Mm.
1: Like, Play through a few mistakes, play through a few, uh, some adversity, play through all these things. I had a really good coaching friend early on and I maybe mean, still a friend of mine, but he made one comment and, and I, I stole so many things from him basketball wise. He was just a genius. He goes, but at the, He said, at the end of the day, we're only coaching disposable skills. And it just, I mean, I was like, oh, I hope that's not what I'm doing. I hope that these are not disposable skills. And it was, kind he was great at the X's and O's and and he is, you know, a great guy. But I was like, I don't want to coach disposable skills. These are all, they all translate to life. And if there's anything that we're doing out there that really doesn't translate to life, i probably throw it away. Uh, So if we're talking about spacing and there's a top corner option and, and we're talking about to the corner guy, does he need help or does he need space? So and so we give him a few cues and when he, you know, popping a ball at the elbow and putting it by your ear, that's our communication and saying, like, I need help. Hmm. well i need some help but you know it's like a friend like the hardest friend is like does it help or does it need space and so if you're a male usually they never know if you need help or space like joe's acting a little bit weird i'm not i'm gonna stay away from him like females actually have a a better Hmm. i don't want to sound sexist but they have a better idea it's like they always want to help like jane is having some problems here let's let's go help. Let's bring everybody together. Let's, so this, do I need help or do I need space? Well, now we have a, it's not a disposable skill. That's something that we talk about. How I throw you a pass tells you how much I like you. What does that mean? Well, if I throw you a pass that's three feet over to the left, I'm treating like a soccer goalie. I probably don't like you that much. But if I throw you a strike, I'm telling you you're special. And we, we kind of like. Do Cokes. a
0: little fun and, gig about
1: all this stuff, but
0: you know, yeah. I want to, I want to make this like kind of fun too. Yeah, you're so right on the money. I, and I, there are some things that, like we we, when when the ball is attacking in space, and you're off of it, we say we call it "don't be creepy." You <laughs> know, don't don't creep towards the ball. Right. Bring yourself. at so I always say, guys, in life, you know, just remember that. Like, don't be creepy. Right. I think I need to look for more opportunities, like you said, to to because it is I mean, these are life skills and this is learning how to communicate with somebody else. It's going to help you in a job interview one day. It's going to help you in your relationships one day. It's going to help you parenting. So thank you for that reminder, because that, that, that's really good. And then and then what do
1: you do when there's a little bit of conflict and, yeah. and the guy doesn't throw you the ball? Yeah. And so coaching in Minnesota is, was, was great. So eight years in Minnesota with some high-achieving kids and, and and great kids. But there's a thing that they call in Minnesota. They call it um, Minnesota nice. And so, like, they're all so darn nice. They don't say anything. But there's also a passive aggressiveness to it, too. So, like, when you don't get the ball in the corner, you're wide open, and, you know, you draw two, and I attack the two. Yeah. And you don't say anything, but then you go stand on the sideline and say like, like, he never passes me the ball. Then the next guy whispers. Yeah. He never passes me either. I was like, that's about the meanest thing you could ever do is whisper. And so when we're watching film, the guy that I'd get after would be the guy in the corner. I said, what'd you say to him? I didn't say anything when he took that bad shot. I said, well, I'm, I'm more upset with you. Hmm. And then Again, there's an art to communication with that. And again, there's a, depending on what level of kid you have, what foundation they have. So I might have a different conversation in junior college because the conversation might be different. And you know, with the high academic kid, I, the conversation is different too. Yeah. But, you, but part of it is learning just how to talk, how to get your point across. And there's different levels too, because sometimes it's in-game, sometimes it's locker room sometimes it's dorm room. We got to address all of them. You got to figure it out. And it's not, it's not like clear cut. Mm -hmm. Like there's
0: art to it. Yeah.
1: And so excuse me, but dealing with that before it becomes an issue. And again, those are losses is important. And again, before it ever happens, like I want to address those things and I think that's what we started with and yep. we kind of been all over the place and that's okay but uh but we're going to lose we're going to lose possessions we're going to make mistakes and you know as a, from a coaching standpoint I always tell our teams I'm going to disappoint you you are going to disappoint me uh, we we need to learn how to have some grace Uh, And and just understand, like, any friendship, any relationship, there's going to be disappointment. How are we going to deal with it? It's never, uh, if it's going to happen, I'm telling you, it's going to happen in this season. No championship team, nobody that's ever done anything successful has ever gone from A to Z, just like this. It's, It's always like this. And so don't freak out when it doesn't go just as planned we want to plan for the unexpected and and again i i do think that's part of the reason that you know we don't have these severe roller coaster rides something's no i can't say that at 25 because we had more roller coasters and the roller coaster was me like i was leading that whole thing because I thought I was failing in different areas and I really wasn't failing it was just part of life. Mm. I wasn't I didn't have enough wisdom. I didn't have enough experience behind me to understand it's okay. I hate it that he did the drugs. I hate that that happened. It really it tears me apart, but it's it's not really my fault and it's not my spectacular speech that I gave. It's part of part of life and you got to deal with, and there's some tough stuff that you have to deal with.
0: Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.